time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. We are starting a new series called Jesus is Awesome. Everybody say, Jesus is Awesome. Yeah, like you mean it again. Jesus is awesome. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm really, really excited. Let me tell you the whole point in us talking about Jesus. Did you know that Jesus is the reason that we're here tonight? Jesus is the purpose of why Christians gather. And so uh, if you call yourself a Christian and you're here tonight, you're actually a Christian is named after Christ, after Jesus. And so uh, that's what kind of distinguishes us from everybody else is is Jesus. And so we want to talk about Jesus and we think it's okay to talk about Jesus. So we're going to do that. And, uh, And as we talk about Jesus, you'll find out that he's pretty awesome. He's a, he's a pretty big God, uh, and Jesus is God, and that's part of why he's so awesome. And so we're going to talk about him. I, I, I went ahead just because I like to do this whenever we use, you know, whenever we do series or whatever. And I, I looked up in the dictionary for what awesome meant. And uh, here's what the dictionary told me. It means inspiring awe. And I was like, that's not a very good definition. Because isn't that in the word awesome? That's like, you know, so, so I looked up what awe meant. And awe is an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, or fear produced by that which is grand, sublime, extremely powerful, or the like. Something that is awesome is an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, or fear for something that is great and extremely powerful. So as we talk about Jesus tonight, I want you to know that Jesus is awesome. Say it after me. Jesus is awesome. Yeah, he is. So we're going to talk about Jesus. But this is what my, uh, the reason I told you that whole like dictionary thing is because I really liked, you know how they tell you how to use it in a sentence um, in the dictionary? Sometimes they do that. And so it's, here's what it said. It said, an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, or fear produced by that which is grand, sublime, or extremely powerful. Slang, the white new convertible is totally awesome. That was the, that was the sentence that they gave me. The white convertible is totally awesome. I was like, that's lame. I need a new dictionary. (laughs) So we're going to talk about Jesus tonight. And uh, I just kind of, I want to let you know in my own story, in my own life, some of the stuff that, that, uh, some of my my process of of following the Lord. uh, When I was about your age, I went through a season where I, uh, I was wanting to go deep in God and, and wanting to find out who he was and, and learn more about him. And, and for some reason, there were some things that, uh, that, that made sense to me. I really understood uh, the idea of God. I understood the idea of God the Father. Um, and so that, that was easy for me in worship. It was easy for me to, to understand that. I don't know why, but I could. I understood, uh, this is abnormal maybe, but, but even the idea of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit being present and, and our counselor and aid, and, and I got that. But there was something about Jesus that, that it was kind of difficult for me to wrap my brain around. It was, I, I was like, what? I don't really understand Jesus. Now, just so you know, none of us can fully understand Jesus, God. The whole, we, we just can't. But I wanted to. I wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to get it. And so I went through a season 
where I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. When I read the Bible, I'm just going to read the Gospels because I want to find out what Jesus' life was like because this whole idea of who Jesus was, God becoming man, living on planet Earth perfectly, dying for us, but, not, but death couldn't hold him. He was raised again and now seated and throned. I wanted to understand that. And so I began to read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and, and I just kind of went through this time. And I want you to know, as we talk these next couple weeks about Jesus being awesome, That's okay. For some of you, you get it. Jesus is something that it's easy for you to worship Jesus. It's easy for you to, for you to comprehend Jesus. And others of you, it's more difficult. And, uh, and I want to give you permission over these next couple of weeks to, to search him out and to say, okay, Jesus, I want you to be real to me. And some of you, it, you look at your friends and you're, you know, you're like, I don't know why they can experience Jesus, but I don't experience Jesus. Or why, why they feel love for Jesus, but I don't know that I feel that all the time. Some of you were like, where was Jesus when I was abused or when my parents were divorced? Or, and, we, and we asked these questions of where was Jesus? And, and I think that if you, you know, the Bible says to ask and to seek and to knock. And if we sincerely are pursuing Jesus, that he will answer. And so I want to give you permission over these next couple of weeks to seek him out, to ask him. Okay, Jesus, I want to know you. We're talking about Jesus being awesome. Jesus, what does that mean that you're awesome? I, I really want to know. And the whole purpose of us talking about Jesus being awesome, let me tell you my win. What's a win for me is if you believe it when we're done. And the way that that looks is that looks to me is if you are worshipers. Because you're going to worship what you think is awesome. If you think that sports are awesome, you're going to worship sports. If you think that video games are awesome, you're going to worship video games. If you think that girls are awesome, which most of you do, well, dudes, then you're, you know, you're going to worship. What you think is awesome is what you're going to worship, meaning it's what you're going to devote your time to. It's what you're going to devote your attention to. It's what you're going to think about. And I hope that at the end of these next couple of weeks, as we talk about Jesus, that he's the one that you begin to think is awesome. And he's the one that you begin to think, man, I want my mind to be thinking on Jesus. I want my time to be spent with Jesus. I'm not saying that you don't do those other things, but Jesus is the one that ultimately you're like, whoa. He's pretty awesome. He's pre- I'm going to say awesome a lot tonight. I hope that's okay. I just can't help it. Because I'm talking about Jesus is awesome. Say awesome. awesome. Matthew 16. Open your Bible to Matthew 16. We're going to stay here for a little bit. Just so you know, I want to give you a forewarning. I'm, we're going we're to stay in Matthew 16. But uh, I'm going to go all through the Bible tonight. And just so you know, like in the uh, how to give a good talk, one point, one verse idea, we're not doing that tonight. I'm going to overload you with tons of Bible verses. And if you try to keep up, you won't be able to. And so that's okay. If you want to write them down, awesome, awesome. I'm going to say awesome a lot, I told you. But, uh, but, but I just want you to know, I want you to get the idea that Jesus is in this book and that Jesus is awesome. And so it's all throughout the Bible. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? I need you to talk back to me, okay? Awesome. Okay, Matthew 16, are you there? All right, look at verse 13. We're going to look at this little interaction that Jesus has with his disciples. Verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So they're walking along, and uh, that's what they did. They didn't have cars. And uh, so they, they walked together. I wonder, sometimes I wonder if they like cruised the strip by walking together. Anyway, they, they were walking together and Jesus was like, hey, hey, fellas, who do people say that I am? And that's a really important question that we ask. It's really important that we, we look at even today, 
who do people say, what do they say about Jesus? And some of you, so for some of you, uh, and some of you are friends, this is your idea of Jesus right here. Do you want to bring this up? Jesus is awesome. Transition to boom. Jesus is my homeboy. How many of you guys got a t-shirt? Some people have the t-shirt, Jesus is my homeboy. And a lot of people have this Jesus is my homeboy mentality. You know, and, and, and overall, here's what, why there's a problem with that. That's far too comfortable with who Jesus is. That's like, Jesus is my dog, he's my boy, and Jesus is my, he's my designated driver through life on the way to heaven. Like, he's going to take care of me, and uh, we're cool. I like him, and sometimes we hang out, and sometimes we don't. And, uh, you know, sometimes we sing songs about him, and I don't really get it, but that's fine. But he's my homeboy, you know? Like, I like hanging out with him. He's a pretty good guy. If this is, if this is your view of Jesus, your view of Jesus is not awesome. See, Jesus is my homeboy. That is not awesome. Okay, then there's, there's some others. Let, let's go ahead and play. Let's watch this real fast. This is another view of Jesus. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie... Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. Dear tiny Jesus, in your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist paw. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt. Because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 See, some of us have the idea that we can make Jesus whatever we want him to be. And we can just talk about, oh, this is the Jesus that I like. Oh, well, I like this Jesus. I want my Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt, you know? Like, I want my Jesus with a beard. No, I want, my Je- I want this Jesus. I want my Jesus to be the one that gives me whatever I want. Oh, I think Jesus is just really nice to people all the time. Oh, I think, and, and, and what we do is we begin to shape what we want Jesus to be, and that's who we begin to think Jesus is. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is not just who you want him to be. Jesus is a real person. So, so ultimately, we can't live like that. We can't live where we get to just decide, oh, maybe Jesus is like this. This is the kind of Jesus that I want. I know there, there, there's more kinds of Jesus. Some of, you, some of you, this is the Jesus that you think of. Look at all these sinners. All right, listen up. Listen to me. I'm Jesus. Listen to what I have to say. I have done many wonderful things. I have healed many people of diseases. I have performed many miracles so that I can tell you this. You're all evil. There is no hope. That's it. Thank you. That Jesus is not awesome. This, that passive, weak, look at all these sinners. Jesus, that's not, he's not awesome. That doesn't demand worship. You see that Jesus, you're not like, whoa, that guy is awesome. Some people have this picture of Jesus like he's just this really nice, weak guy in a dress and a long hair and a beard, walking around, hippie Jesus, you know. Or like that Jesus, some of you think Jesus is just really mean. 
And he's just like, there's no hope. You know, you're, you're a bunch of sinners. There is no hope. I don't know necessarily what, what happens when you think of Jesus. I hope it's none of these. But the truth is, one of, the, my, one of my favorite quotes, A.W. Tozer, uh, in, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, he starts off by saying that what someone thinks when they think about God is the most important thing about them. What you think, when I say Jesus, when I say the name Jesus, what you begin to think, that defines you. That is the most important thing about who you are. What we think when we think on Jesus is the most important thing. Listen, Jesus is my homeboy. He's not awesome. Sweet baby Jesus, not awesome. That little whatever that dude was, Jesus, not awesome. But the real Jesus, he's awesome. He is powerful and strong and mighty. I'm going to prove it to you now. That's the goal tonight. So Jesus is walking along with his, with his boys. And he was like, hey, fellas, okay, so what do people say when they, when they talk about me? And so they replied, well, some say that you are John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So they're, all, you know, they're talking. And Jesus is like, so, so who do people say I am? Oh, well, John the Baptist. You know your cousin? Do you know him? Oh, yeah, you probably know him. Uh, some people say him. And other people say Elijah, Jeremiah, prophet, you know, those, those kind of people. Jesus is like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they think I'm a good teacher. They think I'm a good prophet. Actually, you know, most people are going to think that for a long time. You know, that, that like when it comes to people saying I'm like John, they're thinking I'm a good, I'm a good preacher. I'm a good teacher. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's going to be, um, for, for thousands of years, people are just going to say I'm a good teacher. I mean, you know, like all of, all of the Buddhists are going to say I'm just a good teacher. They're going to actually say that all I am is a very highly enlightened person in, in all of my lives. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to think I'm a good teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the Elijah and Jeremiah part. Yeah, yeah, there'll be people that think, I'm, that think I'm just a good prophet. That's actually, Muslims will think I'm just a good prophet. Uh, they just, you know, that I come, I'm a prophet, but, but no more. There's going to be some crazy thinking about me. Do you always know that this is Jesus? And he's like, there, there's going to be some people that, that they have some crazy thoughts. Some people are going to think that, I'm, you know, that Satan and I are brothers. That's weird. Some people, he's, there, there's going to be these people in one day. They're, they're, they're called Scientologists. And here's what they're going to believe about me. They're going to believe that aliens from outer space came down and planted a chip in the human brain to create a false memory about Jesus. Yeah, so there's going, to be, there's going to be people that think that aliens planted me in their brain. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's some crazy ideas out there about who I am. But who do you think that I am? Ultimately, Jesus says, listen, that's fine what other people say about me, but you're the boys that follow me. Who, who do you say that I am? And I think that's a really important question. See, many of us, we live, as, as you go to school, as you go to work, we, we live with people that have all sorts of different ideas about who Jesus is. Some people think he was a prophet. Some people think he was just a good teacher. Some people have some crazy ideas about him. Mostly, I think what you'll run into is people thinking that Jesus was a really good man who did really good things. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with people, but I've talked to a lot of people that not very many people dislike Jesus. They just want to say that he was a really good man. And uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, authors is C.S. Lewis. You guys ever heard of C.S. Lewis? He wrote movies about lions. And, uh, and C.S. Lewis was an atheist. And when he was in college, he, uh, came to, he came to give his life to Jesus. 
And so he wrote about what people think when, when they just say Jesus was a good man. So I'm going to read this. It's kind of wordy, but we'll read it. It says, A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says that he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make a choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else he was a madman or something worse. You cannot shut him up for a fool. Or sorry, you can shut him up as a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. What C.S. Lewis says is that if you're saying that Jesus was just a good man, then that's just not possible. Because either he was a lunatic for calling himself God. You know, like we see people on the news sometimes that call themselves God. And, uh, and normally that ends in a not so great way with people locked up in houses and weird stuff, you know. And uh, when people call themselves God, usually you're like, uh, you, you know, like you get this if you're like living in a city and you're downtown, there's like some crazy person comes up and tells you that they're Jesus. And you're like, no, you're just crazy. You know, like I'm not giving you $5 because you're just crazy. So Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar when he said the things he said, or Lord. He's either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord, but he cannot be just a good man. He cannot be just a good moral teacher. And so I want you to know as we talk about Jesus, the world has different ideas about Jesus. And they're going to come at you and they're going to say what they think. But I want us to be the kind of people that think Jesus is awesome. That when we see him, we see someone who is awesome. So Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, I don't really care what everybody else says I'm, who I am. Like, I know I asked you and it's good that you knew, but who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So he looks at his disciples. Who do you guys say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. I've spent enough time with you. I've seen it. I've seen you feed thousands of people. I've seen you heal. I've seen that, that when you talk, the wind and the waves obey you. I've seen it. I, I've seen too much. I know you're, you're awesome. You're not just a good man. You're not just a prophet. You're not just a teacher. You are the son of God. You are the Christ. And Jesus looks at him. He said, yeah. And you didn't come on this on your own. But my father in heaven told you this. God wants to reveal to you who Jesus is. I want to encourage you with that. If you're one that is like, I don't really know Jesus. I don't really get this whole Jesus thing. God wants to reveal Jesus to you. And so, like I said, I encourage you, go for it. Ask him. So I ask you tonight, who do you think that Jesus is? When, when so, if someone were to come up and ask you, who is Jesus? Who would you say? You know, if you watch, if you watch television, Oprah will tell you that Jesus is not the only way to, to heaven. Mike Tyson once said that he wants to fight Jesus. We'll get to why that's so dumb in a minute. John Lennon said that the Beatles were more famous than Jesus. More famous than, uh, listen, I know some of you guys are probably Beatles fans. That's fine. 
I don't think in 2,000 years from now that people all over the planet will be like, oh, the Beatles. They are awesome. No. No. What do you think of when you think about Jesus? It's the most important thing about you. And the way you think about Jesus will show what will, will change how you live. And if you think Jesus is awesome, then you'll want to worship him. I want to go just through a couple things through the Bible here that, that I think are pretty sweet. Number one, Jesus is the creator. Did you know that? Jesus is the creator. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and that's Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That means Jesus has been around forever, just so you know. So it wasn't just like when he came to earth. He, he existed before that. The, the, the Bible says that Isaiah actually saw Jesus. So I wonder what he looked like. Did he look like he looked like when he was... Anyway, so, uh, so it said, uh, through him, verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is the creator. So when you walk outside and you see earth, when you see the stars, Jesus created that. Like he made it. Colossians 1, 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. By him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. If you know that Jesus is the creator, you know that he's pretty awesome. If you look at, he's the one that made you. He's the one that made everything. He's the one that created the universe and the planet and the oceans and the animals, everything. Jesus did it. That's what the Bible says. So you can choose not to believe the Bible, but the Bible says that Jesus created it all. And you know what else it says? It says not only did he, did he create it, but it was created for him. Everything was created for Jesus. So, so when you are running up the incline, you can thank him for that. When you look at Pikes Peak, this mountain that overlooks us, or we look under, whatever, this mountain right out here, that was made by Jesus for Jesus. He was like, oh man, I feel like making a mountain right now. Boom, mountain. Just happened. Job says that he spoke it. It is his breath speaks creation. I used to go to camps when I was in high school and we learned skits and dramas. And so I'm partial to not liking them now because I, I did them then. And like, there'd be the like creation scene. And it was always, because you're like pantomiming. Have anybody ever done these kind of skits? No? Okay, that's good. Uh, you know, like because you're like pantomiming, people are trying to make it so it's obvious that you're creating things. So like, it's always like God creating. It's like, and it's all hard. It's you know, making rib. It was not hard for him to make anything. It wasn't like he made it and he was like, whew, that was a good workout. <laughs> no, he breathed stars. <laughs> Boom, stars. He just says it and it happens. Jesus is the creator. It's pretty awesome. Not only that, but Jesus is the sustainer of life. The reason that you're alive is because Jesus is sustaining you right now. If Jesus wasn't sustaining you, boom, you'd be dead. In this moment, let me tell you why. 1 John 1, 4. In him was life and that life is the light of men. Jesus is life. Colossians 1, 17. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. We sang that earlier. John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to kill. Sorry, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
Jesus said, the reason I came is that you may have life. He holds all in his hands. He's holding everything together. Like how often do we thank Jesus that we're able to breathe? Like, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, Jesus. You know, maybe some things. Maybe some of you are like, you know, I thank you that I can see. I was like really grateful this week when I was like, thank you that normally I can walk. It's lame to not be able to walk. Anyway, and uh, you know, but, but how many of you, every breath, you're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. But, but that's what he holds. He's sustaining your life right now. He's a sustainer of life. But he's not just a sustainer of life. Jesus is also Savior. We know him as Savior. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is Jesus talking. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, listen, listen. he's either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, people try to tell you there's many ways to God. Jesus didn't think so. He said, no, it's me and me alone. That's it. And I know that's not cool to say these days. That's not politically correct. But I don't care. I want to be Jesus correct, you know? And so he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way for us to be saved. I really like these ones. These start getting fun. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God, that's Jesus, appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the devil's work. Does that sound like sweet baby Jesus to you? The reason he came was to destroy. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. And by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held up in slavery for the fear of death. Jesus came to destroy the devil. That's pretty awesome. That is not some robe-wearing, peace-speaking, you know, just whatever, sitting around a beach singing kumbaya type Jesus. He came to destroy the devil. That's pretty awesome. 2 Timothy 1.9. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the, the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel. Not only is Jesus the, the, the sustainer of life. He's the destroyer of death. That's pretty sweet. Like that's pretty cool. To destroy death. Have you ever thought about what it means that, that, that death could not hold Jesus? Like death could not hold him. Like a nap can't hold me. But death couldn't hold Jesus. Like, I've never taken a nap and then tried to wake up and be like, oh, I can't wake up. This nap is incredible. I mean, there's been times where I didn't want to. But I was, death couldn't hold him. He destroyed death so that you can have life. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. But here's the thing about Jesus. He's more awesome than you think. He is more awesome than you think. I'm going to rattle through some, some stuff here. And uh, you're like, haven't you been doing that? I'm going to read a bunch of Bible verses that tell you that Jesus is not just your homeboy. That Jesus is more awesome than you think. Psalm 35, this is what's called the Messianic Psalm. That means it's about the Messiah. That means it's about Jesus. 
All right, so this one says, Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and buckler. I know what a shield is. I don't know what a buckler is. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your savior. I like to call this Spartan Jesus. This is like 300 Jesus, you know, like brandish spear and javelin. Come to my aid. Be my savior. Here's another one. SWAT team Jesus. You ready for this? This is a good one. Psalm 107 verse 10 and 16 says, Some sat in darkness and in the deepest gloom, prison, suffering in iron chains. But he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. You're in a prison and Jesus comes like the SWAT team and he's busting down the gates of bronze. He's cutting through bars of iron. There's nothing holding him back. That's pretty sweet. All right, you just still don't believe me. UFC Jesus. UFC Jesus. Psalm 3-7. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. Yeah. That is not a Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. That is a Jesus who is powerful, who is mighty to save. Okay, this one's too old for you, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is the Mortal Kombat Jesus. Revelation 1.4. His head and hair were white. Like, I, want you, I, want, I want you to close your eyes right now. I'm going to read this. I want, you to, I want you to begin to try and picture this. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like a sound of rushing waters. His right hand held, held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. When he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. This is a Jesus. John sees him in Revelation. So he's on the island of Patmos. He gets a revelation of Jesus. And here Jesus is, face glowing like the sun, hair white as snow, feet like bronze, holding seven stars, just juggling them one-handed. Just juggling stars. Sword coming out of his mouth. And then, so John sees him and falls down and Jesus is like, sword, hey, don't be afraid. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Don't be afraid. You had to spit out a sword just to tell me not to be afraid. And he's like, no, it's okay. Just juggling the stars. No, really. Spitting out swords. Here's another one. John 2, verse 13. I don't know what to call this one. This is the uh, Indiana Jones slash Incredible Hulk Jesus. It says, uh, and when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men se- selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at the table exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove, all the temple, and drove out all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house can consu- will consume me. I want you to picture Jesus hanging out in the temple. He's hanging out. And all of a sudden he sees people selling stuff. And this is a place where people are supposed to come worship. This is his father's house. And he's like, huh, Peter wrote me. <laughs> and then he's like, hmm. And he begins making a whip. 
Just making a, he made a whip. I want you to picture that. Jesus, it didn't, he, he, I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he like took time and was like a really good braider, you know? And he was like, and, and you know, he was looking at him. He was like, oh, you know what's coming. <laughs> you know, like they're selling stuff. And, he, and he's like, oh yeah, look, look what I'm doing. You know, I don't know. Or maybe he just spoke it. Maybe he didn't say Peter. Maybe he was just like, whip me. You know, like maybe he spoke it. I don't know what happened. But here's Jesus. And it says that the disciples remembered that zeal for your house will consume me. That means he got a little incredible hook on those people. You know, like he was like, oh, no, you didn't. I'm throwing tables around. People are like, I thought he was just supposed to be really nice. I thought that's the really nice guy that just goes around doing nice things. Isn't that the guy that just, he's just, he's sweet. And he's like, sweet. What's up now? Yeah, he's awesome. He's pretty awesome. He's bigger than you think he is. He's the creator. He speaks things into being. He sustains life. Without Jesus, we just all fall over dead right now. But he destroyed death. Oh, he's awesome. But you know the best one? I didn't even have to make this one up. It's King Jesus. Let me read these verses. Ephesians 1, verse 19 through 22. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which is exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, this is talking about God, in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and all authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church. Every title that can be given, Jesus is better. Every authority on planet earth, He's over it. Everything is his footstool. That means he puts his feet on it. He's king. He's over. There's no one that tells him what to do. Revelation 19. (laughs) This one, this is a good one. You're going to like this one. King Jesus. Verse 12. His eyes, again, his eyes are like blazing fire. John says that twice. It's probably true. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. I don't even know what that means, but that is awesome. I'm going to ask him what it is, and he may not tell me, because nobody knows it, but I'm going to ask. If I haven't found out by the time I get to heaven, then I am going to ask him when I get there. He has a name that nobody else knows. That's crazy. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Now, do you think that's gross? Because it kind of is. But here's what that is. Revelation talks about that that's the blood of the martyrs. That's the jealousy of Jesus over his bride, over, over his followers that were, that, that were killed in his name. That's a reminder to him. He is, he's wearing a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. Remember John 1 when we said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God? Here he is saying it again. His name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. Who do armies follow? 
they follow their king. Riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. clean. Here it is again. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. Sword. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads on the wine presses of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's awesome. Jesus has a fat tattoo on his thigh to let you know that he is king. Oh, not just king. King of kings. Every king, every person that has had any authority on this planet, one day says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is king. And he just wants to remind him by putting it on his shirt and his leg. He just like, boom, king of kings, lord of lords. He's above all. He's awesome. He's big. And what you think about him will determine how you worship him. Bottom line is that we serve a king, Jesus, God, who became man. What does that mean? For God to become man, live perfectly, die for you and I. Do you know that I think that was the greatest act of strength? I mean, imagine God. Jesus, this is the dude walking on water, healing the sick. Like, I, he said himself, he could easily just call down angels and pff, Romans will be gone. But in humility, how much strength does it take for him to choose to die for you and I? No greater love is there than this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. Those are the words of Jesus. And that's what he did, saying there's no one that loves you more. But death couldn't hold him because he destroys death. And today, right now, he is seated, enthroned as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You don't serve a God who's dead. You don't serve a God who's just been in history. We serve Jesus, alive, Savior, Creator, Dominator. He's awesome. He's big. He's huge. He's more awesome than we normally think. And I want us to be people that think big on God. How awesome do you think Jesus is? What you do, how you think about him will determine how you worship him. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.